With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Guggenheim. We're going to do an instant reaction to most of the Week 2 games. If you like the podcast, make sure to follow Leave a review, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, send me an email, Big10FootballTalk at gmail.com, leave a review. Uh, I, I want to start by thanking Tony Beard for continually retweeting and uh, getting urging me to talk about the Penn State freshmen, uh, particularly, there are three, I forget the one, but Drew Alara and Nicholas Singleton. Let's start with them because Nicholas Singleton have a day. 10 carries, 170 yards. I mean, that that dude was great. I know it was Ohio, but they did what they were supposed to, which is more than I can say for other teams in the Big Ten or in the Midwest or even in the SEC. We'll talk about that. But good job, Penn State. Drew Alar throws his first touchdown pass. That, that kid's going to be a stud. That kid's going to be a stud. Penn State looks pretty good. Penn State looks pretty good. Uh, right now, just real quick, Michigan looks like a buzzsaw. J.J. McCarthy 4-4 four four right now. They're up 21-0 over Hawaii. That should not be a shock. Hawaii is awful. They're so not good. They, I think Vanderbilt beat them by 57. This is Vandy we're talking about. Van, Vandy, you know, sometimes has a good year, but... Beating a team by 57 points? Eek. And now you got to play Michigan. Oh, boy. Um, they're going to win. I think McCarthy's going to win the job tonight, the, the quarterback job. So so Michigan's looking good so far. They, they started an hour later because of a weather delay, but they have three minutes left in the first quarter, and Hawaii can't move the ball. Michigan looks pretty good. They're up 21-0. The, the big story... And there's several big stories on what appeared to be a sleepy day of college football. It was not that sleepy. I I have to admit, I was dead wrong on every single game I picked, like actually give a sport, score prediction for. I was technically one of four because one team won, barely. But really, I, I would just consider myself over this week. And... Obviously, the, the, the close game I'm talking about was Alabama-Texas. A couple things about that game. First of all, I, I think Alabama played about their worst game I've ever seen them play. I mean, they were undisciplined. They, they – I think they are a better team than Texas. I, and obviously, Bryce Young is – Worlds better than Hudson Card, who took over for Quinn Ewers after getting hurt. Uh, Hudson Card was not right. So, obviously, a decided advantage at quarterback. But Texas belonged in this game. I mean, they they belonged. I I would argue that 
in a lot of ways, they got hosed by the refs quite a few times in this game. They missed a, a clear face mask uh, in the the drive that Texas had the go-ahead field goal. There should have been an automatic first down because it was a clear face mask penalty. It was so clear. And then on the game-winning touchdown drive, or game-winning field goal for, for Alabama on that drive, Bryce Young did a great job of escaping the pocket. Ryan Watts came in and, and almost had him for a sack. But when he started to scramble, there was a clear hold. I mean, it was the most obvious hold you could find. And it was not called. And when you're Bama, no offense, it's like Duke in basketball. It's like LeBron James in basketball. You you get certain calls or no calls. And I think I think Bama got away with one. I think I think Texas should have won that game. I think it's unfortunate that the officials decided not to uh to go after him a bit more. The 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 no call on the safety after watching it made sense because Bryce Young was never down. He was on top of a player. He got the ball out barely. But it it was I could understand why they didn't call it a safety. But I, I just thought it was yeah, just it was a tough game. I think if I'm honest, if you look at Alabama and their schedule, it's really hard to keep them at one. And it's not just because of what happened at Texas. It, if you look at the Utah State game right now, they're getting drilled by Weber State. It's 28 to 7. So everything we were talking about with Alabama, um, you know, how complete they are. Let me tell you, Texas exposed a lot today. I think they're I think Bama's offensive line in the interior is not very good. Like they struggled to run the ball a bit. I'm concerned about their ability to get the ball down the field. Like their receivers are are, are good, but like Jermaine Burton's not a huge deep threat. Uh, Ty Harrell, I, he still hasn't done much to impress. Um, Ja'Cory Brooks and all those. Uh, like, th- there's just no deep threat that can take the the top off of a, of a defense. And so I just – I'm not sure if Alabama is as complete as we thought they were. Let me go from them to another – a couple top ten teams that, that struggled and actually lost – Texas A&M, they struggled against Sam Houston State. Uh, last week, they lost outright to Appalachian State, 17-14. And it, it just like, – it's not like Appalachian State played super well. I mean, they only scored 17 points. But Haynes King is not the answer at, tech, at quarterback. I, I think Texas A&M struggles to field a consistent offense. That's just been the case under Jimbo Fisher. They have playmakers. You know, they've got speed. They clearly recruit well. But listen, this is the same Appalachian State team that allowed over 60 points to North Carolina. Like, I know North Carolina has a good offense, but you can't manage more than 14 points? And I mean, Appalachian State went into Texas A&M and beat them. So, I don't know what's going on with them, but clearly there there is some issues there at Texas A&M. 
And then speaking of issues, and this, this impacts the Big Ten and Big Ten perception, Marshall upsets Notre Dame by five points. Honestly, it wasn't even that close. It's 26-15 uh, late in the fourth quarter. And Marshall pushed them around. I mean, their, their running back, Laybourne, had 31 carries for 163 yards and a touchdown. All that stuff I said about Notre Dame being physical, and I, I still think they have good lines, but you can't just blame this on a letdown against Ohio State. Like, this is a deficiency. And, you know, Marshall was talking, or Notre Dame was talking a lot about Ohio State after the game, about how they felt like they almost had them, they almost had them. Listen, Marcus Freeman, you're 0-3, and you have lost to two teams that you should have beaten and a team that you could have beaten. It's okay to lose the ones that you could have beaten. It's unacceptable to lose the ones that you should have beaten. This is it's it's the first time in Notre Dame history that a head coach has started 0 and 3. I had a lot of high hopes for Marcus Freeman. I thought he was a big name, a big hire. So far, he's got a lot of work to do. And I don't know what Tommy Rees is doing at offensive coordinator, but he does not know how to know he does not know how to use his guys right now. He doesn't have the talent on the outside. Uh, he, he doesn't have burners at wide receiver. Tyler Buckner's not a downfield passer. He he's he's not, and so they're they're the the complete the offense is out of whack. Defense is getting pushed around. Not very good, and, and it's not very good for Big Ten perception. So, um, there are a few other games. You know, Tennessee won in overtime against Pitt. We didn't talk about it on the pod. Let me get to the Big Ten, where I was wrong on every single pick that I actually picked, and I'm I own that. I own that. Deeply, but I'm also going to be just brutally honest about some of the performances today because it was it was brutal. It was very brutal today for a number of of teams. So let's let's start with the big rivalry game, uh, Iowa Iowa State. You know Iowa State. You know, it, it, for a time, it almost looked like Iowa was going to pull out a win 7-3 to three for the second week in a row. But Iowa State pulled it out in uh, in Iowa. Xavier, Xavier Hutchinson had a big day, 11 catches, 98 yards for Iowa State. Tell you who didn't have a big day, Spencer Petrus. They've got, they, there has to be a different quarterback in that room. There's, there's got to be somebody. And, and this was my concern with Iowa from the beginning of the season. It's, it's not that I – I mean, their defense is, is awesome. But when, you're, when your offense keeps your defense on the field because they keep going three and out, three and out, three and out, and you can't get offense going. I mean, they had 150 yards of total offense. 150 yards of total offense. They had half of what Iowa State had, and Iowa State only scored 10 points. Right? It's it's it was beyond abysmal. And and listen, I I think they have some good pieces on that team. 
But listen, I mean, Iowa has scored one offensive touchdown and one offensive field goal. They've scored 10 offensive points in two games. To South Dakota State and Iowa State, neither of them have great defenses. What are they going to do when they play Ohio State? Like, good luck. <laughs> this is going to be a bad year for Iowa. Like, I don't want to overreact. And, and that's something I want to – one of the things I want to end on is, is takeaways from the first two weeks. But I just I – just, they've got to find a way to generate some offense. Because you can't you can't win games week in and week out. That's why you know as good as they were last year, I kept saying in my preseason prediction, I'm like, Iowa is going to lose games that are head scratchers. Because if you can't score, you can't just depend on turnovers and special teams and defense to win to keep winning you games. At some point, you've got to generate at least some consistent offense, and they they don't have it. So Iowa loses 10 to 7. They drop to 1 and 1. First time Iowa State has beaten Iowa in 7 years. Or actually 8 years, I think. It's the first time Matt Campbell has won. Um so that that was big. Michigan State pulverized Akron. That's not a surprise. Never never in doubt. Jalen Berger had another big game. Minnesota dominated 62 to 10 over Western Illinois. Ibrahim, so good to see him back. 130 yards, two touchdowns. I think a big story, I know it's Western Illinois, but Tanner Morgan went 14 of 18 for 287 yards. Chris Chris Altman-Bell had a big day for them. Good for them. Minnesota, at this point, looking at the rest of the West, I think, you know, I thought they'd be the favorite. I think that Minnesota and Purdue and maybe Illinois are the favorites in the West right now. And before you say Illinois, okay, have you seen the rest of the West? Wisconsin got beat by a bad Washington State team. And Washington State went on the road and beat them. Wisconsin, speaking of teams that don't have an offense, like Wisconsin struggled to get the to run the ball with Braylon Allen against a Washington State defense that is probably okay. But Washington State struggled with Idaho last week. Like Idaho's an FCS team. Like I don't I don't know what we were expecting, but like Washington State maybe they're a bowl team this year, but for Wisconsin to to, to lose and it goes back to something I noticed in the preseason, they had three returning starters on defense and five returning starters on offense. There's a lot of moving pieces there. So I think I think this is going to be a rough year for Wisconsin, at least for the first half. So, you know, rough for Wisconsin. Northwestern lost to Duke, um, which, again, not great. You know, they, they struggled. Helensky had a big day, 435 yards. Evan Hall had a big day, 213 yards receiving. So, I mean, the offense... Like, they had big numbers on offense, but I think a lot of that was just catch-up, right? Like, they were down big early. They were down, I think, 21 nothing at one point, or at least 21-7. So, I, but this Northwestern team, again, I think we're seeing Northwestern had the big win against Nebraska early, but I think what we're seeing 
in reality is that neither of those teams are very good. And Northwestern turned the ball over. So Northwestern turned the ball over three times. Duke turned it over once. That'll lose you a game. And, you know, Duke starts to know. Good job, Duke. I don't think you're all that great, but good job, Duke. So Northwestern drops to one and one. Illinois. I I don't want to overreact, but Illinois held Virginia to three points. Like, Brandon Armstrong is a good quarterback. That offense has some guys. They held him to three points. Chase Brown had another big day, 20 carries for 146 yards. Listen, Illinois, more and more, I I think Illinois looks like a bowl team. Even with the loss to Indiana last week, I think they look like a bowl team. So, Illinois, big win for them to beat Virginia at home by three touchdowns. That's a big win, 24-3 the final there. Purdue came back, or Purdue bounced back and won 56 nothing. They they got a little bit of the run game going. Charlie Jones continues to be a revelation for them at receiver. It's no wonder why Charlie Jones got out of Iowa, because he actually is at a in an offense that actually can throw the ball competently. No offense to the Hawkeyes. I love you guys, but like seriously, what were you doing with Charlie Jones that he wasn't getting any run last year? Like second second straight week with uh, nine, not, at least nine catches, had 133 yards, three touchdowns. Aiden O'Connell had a big day. It was Indiana State. I get that. But again, Purdue did what they, they should have done, which is win big over a FCS opponent or a group of five opponent. Speaking of teams that also did that, Rutgers won 66-7. to seven. That's, I mean, that's great. And I get it. It's Wagner. Wagner stinks. But again, Rutgers is 2-0. I'll say it again. Is it possible they're 4-0 going into Columbus? Because I'm not seeing anything from Iowa that makes me think that they can, that they might not beat Rutgers. And again, I know Hawkeye fans might hate me for saying that, but just be honest with yourself. They've scored 10 points. Rutgers has scored 88. Now, granted, Boston College is struggling right now. I think they're losing to Virginia Tech. So, and Vitek isn't great. But it's not like, you know, I, I, I don't know what to expect out of, out of Iowa. Because they don't, they, they look like they, they're still playing 80s style of offense. So, good for Rutgers. Good for the fighting Shianos. Um, Maryland won big 56-21. I'm a little concerned about just how much they gave up to a third-string quarterback from Charlotte, if I'm honest. Like, it looks great. They won by five scores, but they played a third-string quarterback at Charlotte this week. So, at least Tagovailoa looked great. Four touchdown passes, two to, to Copeland. Uh, the the other wide receiver. Again, Penn State looked great. Um, I think Penn State, I think I misjudged early. And I think they, they're going to be uh, a team, uh, at one of the top three teams in the conference. 
And then Ohio State, they were a bit sleepy today. I think they were, you know, they were a little herky-jerky. I think they were a little off from the emotions. I don't think it was anything serious. I do think Denzel Burke is struggling a bit at corner, so that's something to watch. Uh, Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba didn't play. It didn't matter. C.J. Stroud threw for four touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr. was awesome. Seven catches, 184 yards, three touchdowns. So I, I, you know, Ohio State won by 33, right? People people were complaining early, saying Ohio State looks terrible and they're getting pushed around. They weren't getting pushed around. They had dumb penalties. They had a lot of, you know, they were sleepy. They were sleepy after a big game, which is now not a big game. Um, I... I don't think you ding him for that. I don't think you ding him for playing a tough game in a high-profile matchup. We certainly don't ding Alabama when that happens, right? Five years ago when they played Florida State, Florida State season collapsed after that, and everybody kept calling it a big win. Well, it you know, I, I don't think it's as big of a win, obviously, but let's not ding Ohio State for winning a tough game. So... Yes, I am a fan of Ohio State, but let's not ding them for that. So a couple other things here. Again, there's a couple of live games here. Michigan is just demoralizing Hawaii right now. It's 27 to nothing with extra point pending. J.J. McCarthy looks great. Again, I think they've set him up to be the quarterback. So, and then Idaho, I, I know I trash talked Idaho. Idaho's up 10 nothing over Indiana right now. There's a minute and 38 left in the second quarter. So, I Idaho or Indiana was driving at, as I was recording this and it got intercepted in the red zone. So, we'll see, we'll see what happens. I would think that Indiana will come back and win this, but I say that I was pretty out on Indiana, and we'll see if maybe the win against Illinois last week got to their head. And then the game I don't want to talk about, and I feel so sad about it, is is Georgia Southern right now is leading Nebraska. Georgia Southern is up 35-28. to I... I... mm. Listen, Iowa might score 35 on Nebraska this year. It's just, oh man. They did, Nebraska just got a punt. Georgia Southern's not bad. Like, for, for a group of five team, they're not bad, but they shouldn't be beating Nebraska. And it, it's, yeah. You guys know my feelings on Scott Frost and Nebraska. I wish, I wish Scott Frost could be great. It's actually, it's similar to how I feel about Marcus Freeman. I want Marcus Freeman to be great. Marcus Freeman's 0-3. Scott Frost is like 15 and or 16 and 30. It's time. It's time to pull the plug. Even if they win this game, just pull it. Just fire him. Or fire him after the Oklahoma game because that's going to be a massacre. So it's been a fun week 
of college football. And I know it's a weird transition, right? Because I just go talking about Nebraska and how they're struggling. But it's been a, it's been an interesting week. I honestly don't know what I'm going to do with my top 10 next week. Like, I think it's going to be really, really tough to figure out who who deserves to be in the top 25. There's a big game between Baylor and BYU that still has to happen. Um, you know, Oklahoma, Oklahoma is playing Kent State right now, and they're up 30, but they – like, it was 7-3 to three at half. And so I uh, – you know, Oklahoma State is struggling with Arizona State. Kentucky is leading Florida 23 to 16. USC is pummeling Stanford right now. Stanford's not great, but you know, it's the second week in a row that USC has looked explosive. So good on them. Georgia blanked Samford because they're Georgia, of course. Clemson was okay against Furman. You know, they won by 23. So like I think there are certain certain things that are going to happen. Top 10 is going to be weird. I think the, my power rankings are going to be hard too. Um, although I do think it's become clear there is a top three, maybe a top four, and they're all in the East. It's Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan State. Maybe Michigan State. We're going to find out a little bit more about Michigan State soon. Um, and I think they have a big a big non-conference game coming up here. Um, they play at Washington next week, and that's a, a primetime game on ABC. I don't know what, that Washington is all that great, but I think it's going to tell us a bit whether Michigan State is a little bit more for real or not. Washington is 2-0, and um, and they're, they're averaging 45 points a game. You know, Michael Penix is their quarterback right now. So they don't have much of a running – Washington doesn't have much of a running game though. Um, but you know what? They, they beat Kent State, who Kent State hung with Oklahoma for a half. So that game might be interesting. And then they, they beat the crud out of Portland State this week, 52-6. to So that, that should be interesting for them next week. But I, I think they are clearly the top four teams – Right now, but it's it's week two, and and that leads me to my last point here with week two. It is hard. It, everybody wants to make a big proclamation about what's going to happen the rest of the season. So, like Georgia crushes Oregon, and everybody goes wild. It's like, well, Georgia's clearly going to repeat as national champions. They're clearly the number one team. Alabama clearly is the number is the number one team because they destroyed Utah State and Utah State wasn't bad last year. Yada yada yada. Ohio State struggled with Notre Dame. Oh, Notre Dame sucks because they lost to Marshall. And so, how good is Ohio State really? And they, you know, they struggled a little bit with Arkansas State, though they really didn't. Um, listen, the question is, how do these teams progress throughout the season? I, I, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my top three. I, Georgia's going to be one. I'm tempted to put Ohio State two and Alabama three just because, like, even though Ohio State's win over Notre Dame is now looks so much worse, they dominated in the second half, particularly in the fourth quarter. 
right? They wore him down. Ryan Day finally stopped being stubborn and he pounded the rock and that he could. Alabama, like, they lucked into a win today. And granted, I think Texas is at least more athletic than Notre Dame. We'll, we'll see how good Texas really is over the course of the season. And we'll see how good Notre Dame is over the course of the season, right? You play a big matchup in week one. How much of this hang was a hangover for both Ohio State and Notre Dame? Like, Ohio State looked really sleepy this week. It's just that they played a team that, you know, one, they, they played a team that they were clearly overmatched. And two, unlike Notre Dame, they have wide receivers who can take uh, – wide receivers and running backs who can take the ball and make it a 75-yard touchdown every time they touch the ball. So – I, all that to say, I am not I, – I, I don't want to make any big proclamations about anything. Obviously, Notre Dame's not going to make the playoff. That's that's dead on arrival. But is Notre Dame going to go 6-6? Six and six? Maybe. I don't know. Is Ohio State going to go 9-3 and three because Notre Dame clearly isn't as good and they struggle against them? Uh, I, I wouldn't go that far. Like, is Michigan going to win a national championship because they're crushing Hawaii 28-0? No. Like, we don't know. It's 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 We're essentially in the preseason still. And so take these first two weeks with a grain of salt. Teams change, teams evolve. Right? As teams figure out Georgia, they're going to figure out how to limit their passing game. They're, you know, just like teams figure out I've figured out Ohio State to some degree that you sit back and cover two. Sometimes Ryan Day gets stub- stubborn. That's true. That's going to be true everywhere else. So just just rem- remember that as you're doing rankings. Rankings are hard. And it, it's just – it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So that will do it for the my instant reaction for the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Again, follow, subscribe, leave a review. Take care. God bless.